Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. In these last days, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness covers the people. But for those who choose to hear the words of the Father and the instructions of Jesus Christ, He will give them the power to become the nation of kings and priests they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth. Oh, 
Praises to the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. We'd like to welcome to another edition of Kings and Priests. And what we're going to be talking about today, um, a very, a very, um, news today. It's about Bill Cosby and the allegations and charges that's been brought up against him, um, sexual assault, sexual um, grabbing, rape, um, not all the cases, not 51 or over 50 cases of rape. So, um, some of the cases are rape. Some of the cases are of uh, he's being charged with drugging women. Some of the other cases are of him um, just um, doing things that's inappropriate um, sexually, and what we're going to be talking about today is not—we're not really going to be getting into the guilt or innocence of Bill Cosby as far as those cases are going, but we're going to go into what he is guilty of, and can um, black people in America get? a fair shake in the criminal justice system, or are we just guilty until proven guilty? Okay. Uh, you look at different cases where you've had uh, black men and women and they've been killed or they've been murdered by the police and they've got film footage and there's things like uh, being said, don't rush to judgment. Um, we have to wait till all the facts come forth. Or, you know, they're, 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 they're dead, and then their whole character is being assassinated, or they're a thug, they was a thug, you know, they're responsible for their own death, you know, they never should have um, done this or that, they never should have wore that t-shirt, they should have never wear that hoodie, you know, they shouldn't have been playing outside, um, you never should have been black, basically, and you would still be alive, so these are some of the things that we're going to go over today. We're going to look into the scriptures. We're going to go and play various clips. And then we're going to see what can black people do in America to get salvation from this situation. Because we've marched, we've marched since, man, since who knows when we've been marching for civil rights and equal justice and equal pay and, and a fair shot. And, you know, you look at things where they say, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then when we try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, you know, you're the, the black Wall Street, they, they bomb us and destroy us when, you know, we have a city, you know, full of doctors and lawyers and, you know, people that's progressing. So this is what we want to look at today. And once again, I'm your brother, Gadawan, um, host of Kings and Priests, and we just have to move forward. But let's start by 
um, listening to a clip done. Um, this is Bill Cosby, and he's coming out, and he's speaking about the different um, – he's just speaking out about the charges that's been brought up against him. So it's like his first time speaking out, and so they're asking him different questions and what he thinks about it, you know, is that going to affect his legacy, so on and so forth. So let's listen to this, and we'll go from there. News exclusive Bill Cosby responding to questions about allegations of sexual assault for the very first time. The actor and comedian is in Alabama where he is spreading his message about education, preparing to speak with students later today. ABC's Lindsay Davis was in there. This morning, embattled comedian Bill Cosby trying to change the narrative for the first time, responding to questions about the barrage of sexual assault allegations. Are you prepared for backlash? If a young person comes up to you and says, you know, my mom says you've done some bad things. Uh, how will you answer them? If they are pressing you, are you guilty? Did you do it? Are the allegations true? I'm not sure that they will come like that. I think that uh, many of them say, well, you're a hypocrite. You say one thing, you say the other. My point is, okay, listen to me carefully. I'm telling you where the road is out. Now, you want to go here or you want to be concerned about who's giving you the message? Since November, allegations have resurfaced with more than 30 women coming forward, some accusing Cosby of drugging or sexually assaulting them. His side has issued a number of denials, and Cosby has never been criminally charged. But in an effort to turn the page, Cosby, now part of an initiative, invited by the Black Belt Community Foundation to help bring awareness about the state of underfunded schools near Selma, Alabama, but online a firestorm. Are you concerned at all that, given the allegations, that that may overshadow your message? I have been in this business 52 years, and I worked. I've never seen anything like this. And reality is the situation. And I, I can't speak. Just given the allegations alone, were they enough to make you at least think twice about inviting Mr. Cosby? I would say yes. At the end of the day, what was most important is, was how do we make sure that the world knows the Black Belt Children Matter? Some of your biggest supporters have said that they're concerned about your legacy. What would you like your legacy to be? I, I really know about what I'm going to do tomorrow. I have a ton of ideas to put on television about uh, people and their love for each other. For Good Morning America, Lindsay Davis, ABC News. Montgomery, Alabama. All right, thank you, Lindsay. And you can see more of her interview with Bill Cosby tonight on Nightline. So that was a case, Bill Cosby coming out and 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 speaking out. And you have all these allegations, and that's just what they are. They're they're allegations, and where this should be brought is to a criminal court. But in the Bible, how are these things addressed in the Bible? Let's have a look at this. So you got you got these women coming up and they're saying this or that. 
Let's look at it in the scriptures. If we go to the book of Deuteronomy, give me a second. This is Deuteronomy, the 17th chapter, and the 6th verse. And it says, At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he, he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness he shall not be put to death. And now some people will say, well, there was more than... You know, you got all these people, so there's more than one witness. So this is talking about in a singular case. It's not talking about, you know, all these different women. They've got different cases that's going on. It's not a singular case where, okay, there was one woman attacked or raped or whatever the allegation is. And then, you know, all of these 50 women say, yeah, I was there at the Playboy Mansion with Bill Cosby, and I saw this person do this. So basically, it's, it's their word against his, okay? But what the Bible is saying, you got to have two or three witnesses to establish what you're saying. So that's why they have to go to court, not be all done in court, and find out if this man is a rapist, sexual assaulter, or whatever. That'll be proven in court. But the fact of the matter is this, is that Black people in America, Latino, Mexicano, uh, Native American, you're not going to get a fair shake. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But um, I want to force a look at what does it say in the Bible about rape? Does the, does the Bible speak about rape? Does the Bible speak about a man forcing a woman and what would be the penalty for that and and the answer is yes it does so let's go to the book of Deuteronomy 22 give me a second my executive producer is a little bit under the weather so have to go it alone today, but um, we'll get by, you know, hoping um, he feels better. Maybe he might be on the show a little bit later. This is Deuteronomy 22 and verse 25. So this is going into what the Bible says about rape and what should be done. It says, but if a man, but if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lie with her shall die. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death, for as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slayeth him, so is this matter. So rape is a serious thing to to God in so much that in the Old Testament, it was a sin 
that was worthy of death, okay? If you were found guilty of rape, you were to be put to death. It said it was the same as if the man had killed her. It says, for as when a man rises against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so is this matter. That's that's very clear. Um, verse 27, for he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her. So she cried out. Later on, she came back and reported what had happened. And then it was... Um, Witnesses were put together, and then this man was, was killed. So verse 28, we have to read verse 28. It says, if a man find a damsel that is a virgin. Hold on. This is uh, verse 23. It says, if a, man, if a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband and a man. This is the, this is the, the opposite side of it. So basically speaking about a woman, she's engaged to be married and she has a consensual sexual relationship with with a man. And um, what happens is, is that she's trying to cry rape, but um, she didn't cry out. She didn't say anything about it. Um, what was the end result of that? It says if a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband. Now, biblically speaking, so some people might not understand if you betrothed, or engaged in, in biblical terms, it was good as being married. So that would be considered adultery if you um, got caught up into a sexual relationship that somebody who wasn't your intended, okay? It says, if a, a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband and a man find her in the city and lay with her, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city, and you shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. So what is that saying? We're saying, okay, here's a situation where these people, they get caught in what is an adulterous relationship, which is a, a, a relationship that is basically consensual. Why is it consensual? It's saying because that person did not cry out. They did not say, okay, well, look, this man forced me. He, uh, he, he raped me. I cried out, but no one came to help me. No one came to deliver me. So they said, no, this didn't happen. This person was with it. They was a part of it. They they wanted the, the the sexual relationship, so guess what? They're both caught into the act of adultery, so they both have to die. Now, I just want to make a statement as far as people are like, well, that's an old testament and legalism. I'm just going and showing you what was the basis and what was the judgment for rape and then going to basis where, you know, people sneaking around because a lot of cases this is what happens is people get caught into situations or well, let me say women get caught in situations where they're like, okay, this is not going to be favorable for me, so I'm going to say the person raped me, 
Okay, I'm not saying that this is what every woman does. I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm just saying this is something that has happened. Okay, and so this was how this was going to be dealt with. It's like, no, okay, no, you can't cry rape because you didn't cry out, so you you get the the punishment. And so we read both, and now I want to uh, play a clip by. Uh, Bill Cosby's attorney, and she's responding to some of the uh, allegations and things, and let's see what she has to say. So that was the scriptures on rape in Deuteronomy, the 22nd chapter. You can go and read it for yourself. You can come to your own conclusions. I'm not making any conclusions or, you know, on these women or on, on Bill Cosby. I'm saying let it go to the uh, let it go to the court. You're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but we know as far as black people, you're guilty until you're proven guilty. Okay, they're gonna find something to make you give you your hair. Well, where you live, that's a, a crime area, and we're gonna go into different clips. We're gonna go into the Bible and find out why that is. Why is it that black people are guilty until proven guilty? You know, it's not innocent. You know, very rarely we come around, come away clean. So let's listen to uh, Bill Cosby's attorney and seeing how she's addressing the matter. Attorney Monique Presley in Washington. Good morning to you, Monique. Good morning. It was a stunning cover of the New York Daily News this morning that we all woke up to. The headline, he said, she said, with 55 she says following. Part of the defense on the Bill Cosby team had always been he had never been charged with a crime. Well, now he has been charged with a crime. Do you expect this? to bring about more criminal charges for your clients? Well, first of all, I didn't wake up to that cover. I just saw it a few minutes before we went on, and it's coming from that bastion of journalistic integrity. So I'm not really putting much stock into what any of their covers uh, espouse to say about this case or any of the other cases. But as for my expectation, I expect that because the DA's office, after 12 years, has chosen to reignite and to charge my client for a, a crime uh, and an unjustified charge after a prior district attorney for this very office said publicly and privately that it should not be done and then led my client into a civil process where he testified because he believed that there was no thought whatsoever, no possibility of him being charged criminally since that's what they said. Um, but I expect now that all of those things will get ferreted out in a court of law and I have faith in the justice system. Well, let's talk about that deposition. It was from back in 2005, a 10-year-old deposition actually that Bill Cosby gave where he admitted uh, that he gave drugs to women to have sex and that he knew Andrea Constance. With those words on the record, what will your defense strategy be? So you just conflated about four decades worth of the testimony from that deposition. I can't talk specifically about anything that's in the deposition, but your network and every other network in America right now has that deposition. So you know that those two things don't go together and that he was very specific about what he said about this particular case and that he did admit to having available to him 
40 years earlier, um, the drug Quaaludes, which was at the time a legal drug, and that he offered it to two women who took it consensually, did not sneak and give it to them, did not hide it and use it intentionally in order to incapacitate them. So the two issues have nothing to do with each other. And our defense where this case is concerned will be clear. But first, before we even have to mount a defense, we'll have to look at the game of political football that this Montgomery County DA's office has played with my client's life. If you look at the political campaigns that led to the former DA and the about-to-be DA going head-to-head -head and choosing to make this issue a focal point, what we have now is not the effectuation of justice. What we have is the fulfillment of a campaign promise from a prosecutor who used this case and use the current climate about the allegations against my client in order to get into office and had to make good before the statute of limitations completely ran out on what he promised in order to get in that office. All right, and Ms. Presley, quickly, I wanted to ask about how Mr. Cosby is doing. He looked very frail walking into that courtroom. Was he expecting these charges? Everyone says he looks frail. I don't really understand it. He's a tall man of sufficient girth. He's 78 years old and blind, so he does use a cane so that he can know what's coming in front of him, and he does require assistance because of that, and that is who the DA's office has chosen to charge in this case. That's his status now, 12 years later. Uh, but he is in good spirits, and he has confidence in his legal team's ability to bring about justice for him in this case. Monique Presley, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So there it is. And I'll play that because you say, well, you, you, are you for Bill Cosby? I play that to ask this question. Does Bill Cosby or is Bill Cosby worthy of a fair trial? Because I see a lot of cases where you have, you know, police officers that shot or killed black men and women, um, Latino men and women, Native American men and, men and women. And, you know, there's things like buzzwords like don't rush to judgment. Um, there's words like we have to wait until the investigation finishes. But Bill Cosby, not only Bill Cosby, but black men, black men and women in general, Latino men, women in general, um, Native American men, women in general, are guilty to start with. And then someone has to work vigorously to prove, like, no, this isn't the case. No, they wasn't here. This is mistaken identity. Here's the DNA. You know, all those things have to be proved. So we're guilty from birth. We're guilty by being in these situations and we have to find out like why is this such an issue why does this happen to our people you know i was just i'm just born into a society where based upon the color of my skin um i'm a criminal so with that we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what bill cosby is guilty of okay so stay tuned. This is Kings and Priests, Bill Cosby. Black people, we're guilty until proven guilty. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts. 
seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the BOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the BOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom.
we look at these murders and find out why. And, and behind them, Dr. Poussaint and I have found that it's because children are born and they're coming up and they don't have an idea of who clearly is the biological person, the father or the mother, sometimes both. And this hurts. And then there's an old saying, hurt people, hurt people. Cosby was doing interviews to promote the Playboy Jazz Festival set to take place at the Hollywood Bowl in June. We have a song you would like to play when we finish this to make up for the legend playing This year's lineup includes George Benson, Los Fan Bam, and the Manhattan Transfer. Karen Sloan, the Associated Press. Okay, that's just one of uh, many clips where, you know, Bill Cosby is calling out black people. Black people um, don't know who their parents are anymore. And I want to read this. This is um, this is Romans, the 12th, Romans, the second chapter and the 17th verse. It says, Behold, thou art called a Jew and resteth in the law, and makest thou boast of God, and knowest his will, and proves the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. So this is what Bill is saying. You know, you can you can um, test his sincerity or not, but he thinks he's, you know, instructing people on, you know, what's the right things to do. Um, verse 19 says, And are confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore, which teaches another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preaches a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhors idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thou boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonoreth thou God. So we look at that. This is it's not a religious thing. Bill Cosby is not going into um, a religious doctrine, but he is teaching, you know, black people, Latino people, um, a moral way that they should be going. Okay, and for a man that had so many affairs, a lot of women that's bringing allegations against him were in relationships with him while he was married. So can he say to, you know, black folks, you need to do this or that, and then, you know, he's caught up into these situations himself where he's caught into extramarital affairs. And the Bible says no. No. We we can't do that. We cannot um, preach from a position of, immorality. Now, don't get me wrong, Bill Cosby has done a lot of good things for, for the black people. And anyone that he hasn't, you know, is is a liar. He's put people through college. He's given loads of money, you know, for the promotion of, you know, black people's advancement, for Latinos' uh, advancements in, in America. But to 
be on a pedestal, you you have to be um, irreproachable, and um, you cannot be like uh, white America because you're gonna be you're gonna be called out. You're gonna be called out. You're gonna be um, you're gonna be destroyed because there is, is like is it a conspiracy theory or they're trying to destroy us? They're they're trying to kill us. Um, what happened? What happened to black people to be in these situations where you're not going to get a fair trial? You're going to be prove you're going to be guilty until proven. We can find something on you to say that you're guilty. Um, what? Where did all this come from? Where did this all begin? Does the Bible give us any information? Because black people is always, you know, they're trusting in the Bible. They're trusting in Jesus. They got about four Jesuses hanging up in their house somewhere. Okay, they got the Bible as the as the main book on the dresser piece. Some people got the Bible in their bathroom. Okay, you want to go and you go in the bathroom instead of getting a magazine. Then you got two or three Bibles in there. So does the Bible give us any answers on why these things are happening to us? Does it give us any clues? Does it point us in the right direction? And my answer to you is yes. If we go to the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, it lays down some conditions. Okay? Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 says this. And Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, for those that don't know, maybe you're not um, tuning in for a biblical show. Maybe you're tuning in to hear something about Bill Cosby. Maybe you're tuning in to hear about <coughs> Bill Cosby, the rapist. Maybe you're tuning in to hear about, you know, Bill Cosby, he's innocent. Maybe you're here, tuning in to hear, you know, you know why are our people guilty? But Deuteronomy, the 28 chapters, Moses speaking to the Israelites, okay? Because many people all they know is Jew. You see, when you hear the word Jew, or Israel, there's an image come up into your head that's been put there, okay? But the Israelites were 12 tribes, 12 tribes that descended from this man called Jacob, okay? Descended from from Jacob, from Abraham's seed line, Abraham, Isaac, and then they came Jacob, and Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons, and they, out of these 12, came nations, and they were the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's speaking to them, 28 verse 1, he says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of the ground, and the, the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be the basket and, the, and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. So, there was going to be blessing to the 12 tribes of Israel if they kept the commandments of the Heavenly Father 
if they didn't break the commandments, if they listened to the Heavenly Father, as Moses had directed them by the word of God, they would be okay. They would be blessed in every situation imaginable. You know, what they grew would prosper. You know, when they went in a city, they would be blessed. When they when they left out the house, they would be blessed. They would be blessed in their cattle. They would be blessed in their flocks. They would be blessed even in things that they stored up. Whatever they banked up, that would be blessed, okay? They would be blessed beyond measure. So let's go to the 15th verse and see what the 15th verse says. It says, but it shall come to pass, okay? This is what's going to happen. If thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, what I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. So when I look in the world and look at all the peoples of the earth, there's only one set or group of people that this is happening to. When you look in and you look in, in, in America and you look at blacks, Latinos, um Hispanics, uh Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Cubans, um Haitians, uh Jamaicans, Bayesians, these are all our people. These are the things that they're cursed in the city. How are they cursed in the city? They're in the ghetto. Okay, they're in the ghetto. Even if they're not in the ghetto, when you see a deprived area or an area where, okay, the housing is bad, high crime area, who do you equate that to? Who do you equal that to? White people? And it might be, but automatically the thought in your mind is that black people are criminals. Black people are whores or whoremongers. They're sex craze. They're drug dealers. They're drug addicts. It's a curse. So this is what the this is what the Lord said will happen to our people as a result of not obeying the commandments. So you people are like, What? How could that be? How could you know, how could be a disobedient to the Lord's um commandments? Bring all, you know, all this trouble upon us. Well, you look at Bill Cosby's situation. Um, whether Bill Cosby is innocent or guilty is yet to be proven in a court of law. But what is he guilty of? He's guilty of adultery. He's guilty of fornication. So the Bible speaks about that. You're not supposed to be an adulterer or a fornicator. So that's one of the people that saying um, that want Bill Cosby to be guilty. That's something surely he is guilty of. That you can say, yes, this for sure, this man had extra marital affairs with other women that was not his wife. And this is something that we have to repent of. If you're in an adulterous relationship, you know, and, and our people make fun of these things. They make light of these things like, okay, this woman and she my side piece. That's not a light thing. You are destroying your people. You're destroying, you're destroying people. You may be destroying children. You may be destroying other people's lives. And it's made up as a light thing. We need to stop making light of sin 
and call it for what it is. It's evil. It's wickedness. I'm, I'm a side piece, and you got to know the side piece rules. No, that is wicked as Satan in hell, as the devil in hell. And we got to stop doing it because it's destroying our people. As the Lord said, all these curses are going to come upon you because you didn't want to listen to the Heavenly Father. You thought it was appropriate. You know what? I've got some money now. And it happened to it happened to a lot of black entertainers. You know, they get this money and they see other nations and how they operated. They're untouchable. That knowing you're going to be touched. You think you're going to be able to go with impunity and have all kinds of sex with women, rape or not rape, and it's going to be all good. They're going to protect you, your money. No. You're going to be thrown under the bus until you destroy it. We're going to show we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to show you today that in this society, being black is a crime. You don't have to even do anything, okay? You can be honest, and they're going to find something to charge you with. So I see I've got the uh, uh, the brother Abaja. You know, maybe you know he's got some uh, honey and lemon, or he's maybe he's feeling a little bit better. But uh, we got the brother Abaja on the line. Brother Abaja, how you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. It's a little under the weather, but we good. Okay. So we're in Deuteronomy twenty-eight and sixteen. It says, "Curse shall thou be in the city, and curse shall thou be in the field." We see that in, in many different cases where Tamar Rice, um, Eric Gardner, um, Trayvon Martin, with some with some others, Abaja. Oh man, um, you kind of caught me out there because uh, I forgot the name of the young man that got uh, gunned down in the Walmart. Just uh, basically minding his business, walked he uh, did picked up a BB gun that he was going to purchase and somebody made a phone call saying, Hey, there's a black guy brandishing a, a, a gun in Walmart. So the police officers, they respond to the call and based off of the false report that was given, you know, when they encountered him, they didn't even give the dude uh, any time to surrender or say, put your hands up or anything like that. They just rolled up on the scene and just straight, just straight gunned them down. And what makes it so bad is that, okay, yeah, the officers were responding to uh, a call that was given, but um, <clears throat> the surveillance video shows that at no point was a young man ever brandishing a gun, uh, moving around in a threatening manner with the gun the whole time he was there. And, of course, nothing ever happened to the person that made the false report. And, you know, as far as the police officers are concerned, People say, well, they were just responding to a call. Okay, that's all well and good, but who was the white guy that shot up in California that shot up all of those people at the abortion clinic? They took him alive, and he killed people. The guy that shot up the movie theater um, during the dark night, they took that fool alive too. So it's just one of those things where, you know, and there are countless videos of, you know, so-called black people exercising their right to bear arms according to the Second Amendment, just like, you know, our other citizens who are, you know, so-called white or whatever, and the law doesn't apply to us. The law of the land does not apply to us. And it's one of those things, you know, when we read the Bible and really understand 
the true reason that how we got to this country and who gave them the power to put us in bondage and slavery and why we're going through the things that we're going through, then it becomes less of, oh, the, the white man is the devil, it's the white man's fault. Uh-uh. No, my friend, it's, it's so far beyond that. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot of so-called black people, we like to get caught up in the whole thing about the white man, the white man, the white man. We ever, they never thought, who gave the so-called white man the power to do these things? Mm. And why these things even happening to us? You know what I'm saying? So this, this goes beyond this, you know, well, white people are racist. Uh-uh. <laughs> that, that, that's a distraction. The, mm. the root of the problem is what we're dealing with in the scriptures. We offended the Most High, and he told us what would happen when we broke his commandments. Well, you know what? In saying that, let's let's read that. In the same book of the curses, Deuteronomy 28 chapter, read um, Deuteronomy 28 and um, 47. All right. Deuteronomy 28, 47. It says, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. No, matter of fact, right start from 45. Because 45 outlines it for us and sets it up okay. and then knocks it down. All right, 45. Moreover, excuse me, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed. Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. So because we wasn't going to listen to what the commandment said, we were going to listen to what the Lord says. And and the Bible speaks about marriage and how you're supposed to treat your, your wife and how you're supposed to treat your husband and how you're supposed to deal with, with people in general, how you're supposed to deal with your neighbor, you know, how you're supposed to deal with your with your father, your aunt, your auntie, how you're supposed to deal with a menstrual cycle, where you're supposed what food you're supposed to eat that's considered clean, what food you're supposed to the Bible deals with life in general. So what has happened Black people on the whole has rejected the Bible as a way of life, and they've accepted the ways of the other nations, whether it's European, whether it's Asian, whether it's Arab, whether it's African. We've just completely rejected which was for us, and we've gone with other things. And so the Lord said, because you don't want to listen to me, you don't want to listen to what I'm telling you to do, you don't want to live the lifestyle that I'm telling you, that's right, okay, this is what's going to happen. All these curses are going to come upon you and overtake you and pursue you. So no matter where you go, no matter where you live, no, where, no matter where you're at, you're going to be, this is going to be your condition of life. Read on. All right, verse 46. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So wherever you went, wherever you, where, wherever you are, people are going to see these people are cursed. So you could be, you could be in in, in Palestine, okay? You could be uh, living as a Palestinian black man. Guess what condition you're going to be in? Same one that the so-called black man is. And you're going to be so-called American, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Say, say it again. I said the same conditions that a so-called black man in America is going to be living in, or a so-called Afro-American in uh, Brazil or whatever. Look it up. Look up the black Palestinians. You think, what? Palestinians, Israel, there are no black people there. Yes, they are. What about um, Vietnam? What about the black Vietnamese? 
We think condition. Okay. We think condition that they're living in Vietnam, the black Vietnamese. Same thing. Same thing. Russia. It doesn't matter. So no matter where you, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave and go somewhere else and see if these things not going to affect me. They're going to affect you, no matter where you go. No matter where you go. All right. So read on. All right. Verse 47. And he tells us why. It says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. Wow. It says, because we didn't want to serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart for all things, for the abundance of all things. Therefore, we're mm-hmm. going to serve our enemy. Now, if someone's your enemy, can you expect justice from your enemy? No. Can you expect a, a fair shake or equal treatment from your enemy? Absolutely not. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You know, if it happens, it should be a surprise. But what are your expectations well, like, okay, these are the people that brought me into captivity and slavery. Not that you should have hatred in your heart, but the scripture says, surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. You know, uh-huh. you're getting oppressed. Shot down, but you got to say, what the, what's going on? Why is this happening? I need to find a root cause of this. Mm-mm. Go ahead, Abaji. You're going to say something. Nah, we're going to buy some J's. We're going to march, protest, and we're going to get more funding for education. We're going to uh, uplift our socioeconomical status. We're going to get some more black TV shows. We're going to boycott the Oscars, and, and we're going to talk about these things. Hmm. That's what we're going to do. But we just read in 48, it didn't say that that the the white man was going to do this. It said the most high, the Lord was going to do this. Absolutely. So, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, as far as how people treat us, we have to understand that when we get in line with what the Heavenly Father said for us to do, then everybody else is going to fall in line. Meaning that the, the Heavenly Father is going to put things in order for us. So it's not a matter of, well, you know, we got to, uh, you know, go beg and borrow and steal and all these other things. No, we're not going back to the person that we offended and making it right with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's funny, Goddard, uh, when you look throughout, we were just talking about this the other day. When mm-hmm. you look throughout all of the history in the scriptures, as far as why the nation of Israel went into captivity, it's this recurring theme right here is because we broke the commandments of the Heavenly Father. And the thing is, is that, you know, I know that the, the subject matter here is, is basically just really dealing with who we are. But we also, in every show, we go always go beyond that with repentance through Jesus Christ. And, and the reason why that's so, so important is that back then, Israel knew who they were. 
Mm-hmm. They knew who they were. We knew who we were. We were in our own land. We had the, the laws and everything. We had the temple. We had all of those things back then. So this, this is just a starting point. But we all know and understand that the foundation is, is repentance through Jesus Christ because that's what's going to lead us back to what we were supposed to be doing here. And and these other nations, they know that. So don't think that they're afraid, oh, these people, oh, they're going to find out that they're the Israelites. They don't give a damn about us knowing that we're Israel. We knew that we were Israel right here. We knew that we were Israel under the Assyrian captivity. We knew that we were Israel under the Babylonian captivity. We knew that we were Israel when the so-called Greeks came into power. And then we decided to do what? Hellenize ourselves, meaning that we made ourselves uncircumcised, okay? And all of this is relevant to what we're talking about, because when we made ourselves uncircumcised, we didn't put the foreskin of our penis back on that was cut off. We started adopting the ways and the philosophies and the customs of the Greeks or whatever nation was over us at the time. Mm-hmm. That's what it meant. And in doing so, that was a direct breaking of the commandments of the Heavenly Father. So mm-hmm. now we start calling ourselves by all of these names. This is how the, the scattering throughout the diaspora happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. We started mingling in amongst the other nations. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is what? Calling us to repentance. So regardless mm-hmm. of what we call ourselves or what we think we are, when the Lord said, my sheep hear my voice, this word is going to go out, and those of Israel, they're going to repent when they hear this word. No, this word is going out. It's not going to go out. It is going out. Mm-hmm. It is going out. And, you know, yeah. um, it, you know, I was speaking to I was speaking to my wife, and I was just, you know, breaking down how things bring out in, in the different movies. I don't want to go off top, but I just want to say this point. And, um... You know, where it says, um, there's been awakening. There has been an awakening. Can you feel it? Mm. And it said the dark side and the light. So there has been mm. awakening. Okay. There's been an awakening mm-hmm. on the dark side because now Satanism is becoming more popular than it ever has been. Witchcraft, sorcery, mm-hmm. um, necromancy, um, tarot card readers, um, horoscopes. Those things are exploding off the off the chain but in the uh-huh. background also there's been awakening of the light more and more people are awakening to the knowledge the, the true knowledge of Jesus Christ and repenting uh-huh. you know people are waking up so that's where the power is that's, going that's, back to I just want to yeah I just wanted to bring out that point because people look at it oh that's just a movie no there's there's an awakening that's going on in this world and or you're gonna wake up to it, or you're just gonna or you're just gonna remain asleep, or maybe you're gonna choose a side, the light side or the dark side, because that's working as well. But anyway, I'm going too much off topic now. But um, read on and um, read forty eight again. Forty eight. Now it in your mind, for. think think about in your <laughs> mind. I want you to picture yourself, so called black people, West Indians. Um, Haitians, Hispanics, the things that we're going through in America across the world. All right? Go ahead, read. All right, 48. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst 
and in nakedness, and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed. So food, when we when you know people complaining about you know what food they get in in the black community. Why? Because you get it from your enemy. People complaining about what what what's the thing that they're complaining about now? What's the new thing? Oh, the the quality of the water in uh, Michigan up there. I forgot about Flint mm-hmm. water. I think Flint. Yep. So you want water, and it's like they knew about it. It's that, that's a whole nother, a whole nother show, a whole nother class. But they knew for years. And who's who's the majority of the population up there? Us. So this, this, in, this man is so wicked. He didn't even. Yeah, this man is so wicked. Not only are the Israelites going to get jacked up, but he's jacking up his own people too. And, and we thirst. Know that we're getting jacked up. <laughs> and in thirst. What, whatever you're drinking, water. Water is essential to life. And in nakedness, okay, the clothes that you put on, okay? And one of all things. So that covers a whole spectrum. Education, that covers health, that covers jobs, that covers, uh, um, you know, social interaction, marriage, the whole gambit. All those things you're going to get from your enemy. And what is your enemy going to give you? What you have What you have here today. Okay. So, I want to take another short break. And when we come back, I want to play the quick, because in America, when you see a black man, if he's wearing a hoodie, Maybe got maybe he's sagging. Do you think that he's educated? At first glance, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the, the uh, stereotype. That's a that's a hood that's a hood Negro. He's going so, to rob and steal. He's not I, out jogging. I want you to think about that and think about are our people a criminal race or where did that perception come from and where did it start? So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. Are we all criminals, or is there a serious propaganda machine at work? The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church 
seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the VOCC. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Okay, welcome back to uh, Kings and Priests. What are we talking about today? Bill Cosby guilty? Bill Cosby and the black man guilty until proven guilty. That's what we're talking about. Are we just a criminal race? We guilty? We, you know, whatever charge they bring up, and we just that, you know, that so and so is guilty. There's another word, but I'm not going to say it. Anyway, I want to play this. I want to play this clip, and this clip is about nine minutes long, and it's a clip. And what they're talking about is they're talking about this documentary, and I really recommend this um, documentary. It's about an hour and a half, hour, 20 minutes long for you to check it out. And it's called Slavery by Another Name. You know, I thank the Brother Akra for putting me down um, on this documentary. Um, also, you can check out um, the show that he does on Wednesdays from Darkness. He's bringing out different things on the cult and, and witchcraft in society that maybe people don't know about and do, going into the scriptures show you how we're not supposed to be doing that. So that's a good plug. Check that out Wednesday night, 7 p.m., um, 12 a.m. if you're in the U.K. where I am. So he's talking about slavery by another name, and they're talking about how black people, after slavery ended, it really didn't end, and how they begin to criminalize black people for, you know, just trumped-up charges, Um you out on the street, you hanging out on the street. Imagine you and me, you and me, we we out talking, right, on the street. And the police come and they say, okay, what are you doing out here? Okay, do you have a job? And you say, no, I don't have a job. Guess what? You would be arrested for vagrancy. And they would be put in jail. And then what would happen was they would make these large fines and you couldn't put it back. Then the jail would hire you out to these corporations for you to work off the fine. So let me see. I'm gonna. Here we go. I got it. Now a history of forced labor after the Civil War. A new documentary that airs tonight on PBS tells the story of how American citizens, freed by the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, remained under lock and key for decades afterward. Slavery by another name, based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning book of the same name, tells the story of the thousands of African Americans who were arrested on trumped-up charges and forced to work as convict labor. In many cases, they were sent to the South coal mines, including some owned by businessman and former slave owner John Milner. Historians and actors describe it in this excerpt. After emancipation, industrialists replaced slaves with convicts, acquiring thousands from state and county governments. You can't drive free labor the same way that you can force prisoners to mine five tons of coal a day. And this is why people like Milner wanted prisoners in his coal mines. He saw them as a great source of profit, and he didn't have to worry about labor Dispute. We would leave the cells 
around 3 o'clock a.m. and returned at 8 o'clock p.m., going the distance of three miles through rain or snow. To describe these conditions in a coal mine at this time, to say that they're primitive, is, you can't even imagine it. This is a place where, for weeks or months at a time, men might never see daylight. The mine was often filled with standing water around their ankles and their feet. They had to drink from that water. Disease ran rampant through these mines. They were incredibly dangerous places to work, being subjected to violent explosions, poisonous gases that were released as coal fell from the walls. In addition to the fallen coal itself, Whipping, keeping people chained up, um, brutal kinds of physical torture, and mental abuse are the norm. A lot of the things that kept people in control under slavery are amplified under this convict system. Douglas Blackman is author of the book, Slavery by Another Name, and co-executive producer of tonight's film. A former reporter for the Wall Street Journal, he's now the chair of the Miller Center Forum at the University of Virginia. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You make the argument that slavery didn't end in 1863 when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, not in 1865 when the 13th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, but 1942. Slavery didn't end when we all have been taught that it did. Uh, it receded for a time, and in the first years after the Civil War, African Americans, the formerly enslaved African Americans, did experience a period of authentic freedom and citizenship. But beginning 20, 25 years, depending on the place, after the Civil War, a whole new regime of involuntary servitude began to be put in place across the South, and hundreds of thousands of people were catastrophically affected. Why didn't we know these stories? Well, we did know it at the time. Uh, Americans were very aware of it, certainly white Southerners were, and by the beginning of the 20th century, whites all over the country had seen uh, stories written about some of the, particularly the, the worst atrocities and some of the brutalities. But the truth is that by the early 20th century, most of America didn't really care anymore. The country had been fighting over the, the role of African Americans for almost a generation at that point. They were worn out with the political fight, and by the early 20th century, the North had largely decided to let the South do what it wanted to with black people. So to help us understand how this could happen, tell us the story of this one person you mentioned in the documentary, Green Cottenham. Tell us his story. Green Cottenham was the son of two former slaves in Alabama. Uh, he was born in freedom. He experienced some of the, the, the some of that period of time in which you had huge numbers of black people who voted. Some were elected to office. They had a certain amount of economic freedom. They were largely still impoverished, but authentic freedom, uh, separating themselves from the white families that had controlled their lives. But by the time Green Cottenham uh, grew to adulthood in the first years of the 20th century, this whole new regime of laws had been put in place that essentially turned the American justice system on its head, and it became an instrument of injustice instead of a system of justice. And there were rafts of laws that effectively criminalized black life. It was almost impossible for a black man in the South, in the rural South, in the early 20th century, not to be at risk of arrest at almost any time, and the consequences of even the most trivial offenses were enormous. And well, you, know, you make an interesting point in, in this book and in the documentary that economically it made more sense to protect slaves than it did to protect the lives of people who were convict laborers or people who were under peonage, what's called? 
peonage, which is a, a, a essentially debt slavery, where a person is held to held against their will to work off an alleged debt to a landowner or to someone who has purchased them, essentially, and that's the language that was used, buying and selling. Uh, someone who's been purchased from a county jail or purchased from a state prison system, and that's what had happened to Green Cottonhead. He was arrested on a charge of vagrancy. He couldn't prove that he had a job in 1908. Uh, he couldn't pay the enormous fines. It was essentially two years' labor was the fine for vagrancy. Uh, he was immediately sold to coal mine on the outskirts of Birmingham to a company that was then going to pay his fines off one month at a time. Uh, but instead, five months later, he died under horrible conditions in a coal mine outside of Birmingham owned by a U.S. Steel Corporation. And there are long-term consequences for this, this, these practices, which link, which over the years have linked criminality and race. This is how our country got in the habit of finding it normal to see such a huge population of African-American men in particular incarcerated all the time. It also is, I think, really the missing link in understanding the persistence of the economic and educational gaps between African-Americans and whites in, in modern society today. Slavery didn't go away 150 years ago. African-Americans haven't had that long opportunity to recover from the, all the terrible damage of slavery. Instead, slavery began to recede meaningfully more like 50 or 60 years ago. And that's all the difference in the world. Were there con white convicts who were released in this manner too? There were whites who were sucked into the system doubt about it. And uh, in fact, when there was outrage or concern about this system back in the early 20th century, it was typically when a white person, uh, there's a story in the film of a, of a young man named Martin Tabert, who was a traveler from the, from the Pacific Northwest, who ends up sucked into a, a forced labor camp in Florida and eventually whipped to death under horrifying conditions. That led to a scandal, that led to some reforms. But overwhelmingly, this was something that happened to black people. And through most of the period of time that this was happening, uh, these forced labor camps tended to be 80 or 90% African Americans, and the mortality rates in them were often as high as 30 or 40%. So whether it was the sharecropping, which people were tied to the land by debt, or whether it was peonage, or whether it was uh, uh, convict leasing, this had a long-term effect that affected the entire American economy, or just African-Americans. No, this is this is a huge drag on all American life. That's one of the things we forget sometimes when we when we talk about the atrocities really that were committed against African-Americans. It didn't just injure black people, it injured the whole country because we deprived ourselves of the talent, the energy and ambition and abilities of this huge population of people that was getting bigger and bigger all the time. And the proof of that is that once you get to the truly modern time, to 1970, and this really, that's the, really the first point in time that we can really say African-Americans on a large scale begin to have real access to the mechanisms of achievement in America. Since 1940, even with all the problems that persist, since that time, since 1970, even with all the problems that persist, uh, African-Americans have achieved on a level economically and educationally I think it's unrivaled by any group of people in human history. Not just a black history story, but American history. It's a story of American history. It's a, a story of terrible things done by Americans to other Americans. And if we want to appreciate the triumphal parts of our past, we really have to be willing to confront these parts as well. Doug Blackman, author and co-executive producer of Slavery by Another Name on, on a PBS tonight. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. What did you think about that, Abadja? Let me see. Um, hold on a second. Okay, this is uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 32. 
<laughs> the, the most high is going to tell me what I think about it. <laughs> 28 and 32. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine mm-hmm. eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up, and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always, so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes, which mm. thou shalt see. Let me read on them. Verse 35. Mm. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed, from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. Oh, 36. The Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. And there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations whither the Lord shall shall lead thee. Wow. Wow. Um, Here's a quick clip I want to play it from that Dr. Documentary um, slavery by another name, going in and addressing exactly what you were saying about uh, what you pulled out of the scriptures. How um, basically we were going to be given to another people. Check this out. At the turn of the last century, Mr. President, I have a brother about 14 years old. A man hired him for me, and I heard of him no more. He went and sold him to McGree, and they've been working him in prison for 12 months. He's done nothing wrong for them to keep him in chains. Written more than 40 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, these letters bear witness to a sinister and little-known chapter in American history. Whenever one is in a conversation where someone says, what's wrong with black people? Why can't they get over it? Slavery ended 150 years ago. That's fundamentally false. Why can't they? Why can't they get over it? But anyway, Abaja, I want you to go to um, the Book of Isaiah. Go to the Book of Isaiah, the forty-second chapter, and the twenty-second verse, because the Lord already prophesied, you know, what was going to happen to our people, how we were going to be in prison, and why. Okay. So read that, and I don't want to play some more clips going into because basically what what they what this documentary is showing that is that they brought up a lot of trumped out charges so that they can fuel the prison industrial complex so they would go they would be locked up and say look okay and you have really have to see the the, the documentary where one guy he just walking minding his business say you so and so you so and so a whole bunch of money he's like I don't know no nobody come on you locked up and boom and now he's working for the rest of his life until he dies uh-huh. On some trumped up charges, okay. Just the police just approach him and like, hey, hey, man, don't you owe so and so some money? Yeah, you do. Come with me. These things are happening now, and we're gonna prove it. But let's read the scripture so God can get the glory. Isaiah forty-two and twenty-two. All right, Isaiah forty-two and twenty-two. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none deliver, for a spoil and none saith restore. Wow. I mean, that says so much. 
in just that one verse. It says, but this is a people, a people, not individuals, okay? This is what's happening to our people. But this is a people robbed and spoiled, okay? You think about... Um, when they speak about the Black Wall Street, where there was doctors, there was lawyers, uh, professionals, they had their own um, sanitation department, garbage, police force, and everything was good, bankers and banks. Mm-hmm. They found that place, and then they robbed it. Okay? There's many other things that we've been robbed of. We've been robbed of our heritage. We've been robbed of our culture. We've been robbed of our history. We've been robbed of our language. So the Lord said, this is a people robbed and spoiled. When you spoil, that means they take your stuff. They take your things. They take your things away for their own. And all of them snared in holes. So our people, the holes are these problems. Relationships. Baby mama drama. Uh, uh, uh. Financial problems, the uh, educational problems, job problems, you know, no job opportunities. So we're we're trapped. A snare is a trap. Okay, you're like, yo, man, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get out of this hole that I'm in. I'm trying to get out of this rut. So the Lord already prophesied that look, these people, the Israelites, who you say, Hispanic, Latinos. Native Americans that were walking around the day that's caught me. These are the people that's robbed that the Bible is talking about. They are for a prey. So a prey is something you go out and hunt. And it's like that. It's like it's hunting season on our people. You turn on the news, you got shot, shot, killed. This person dead, police custody, hang, lynch. We're like, what's going on? And none delivereth. There seems no, like there is no end of this thing stopping. For a spoil and none saith restore. No one's saying, okay, you need to be restored to your former glory. You, you, this people, this will happen. Um, you need justice. Okay? Hey, uh, yes. Let, let's understand, when they talk about restore, that restore ain't going, ain't, because people, well, they, they're marching for Black Lives Matter. That thing is serving its own agenda. When the scriptures talk about restore, that's talking about Israel repenting back to what the Most High said. That ain't talking about us just getting our stuff back. So let, let's get it straight. Because that's, that's what the whole thing is going into. The whole reason that we even went into captivity in the first place is because we broke the commandments. So what's inclusive or included into that restore is not only so the, I, I ain't going to even use the word reparation, but it goes into Israel being restored back to their land in the state that they were, that we're supposed to be in, meaning following the commandments of the Heavenly Father. And it's funny because it says it's a snare or a trap. Don't you know in the South we've got a whole genre of music dedicated to the trap? Mm. Trap music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because a lot of the things that our people, that we are taught to embrace, Okay, and, and it's, it's, a, it's an oxymoron because it's like, hey, I'm just telling my story. This is just a narrative. You know what? That's all well and good. It's destructive, but there's no balance to that. Furthermore, the commandments aren't even being taught. They say, you know what? We ain't even supposed to be dealing with this. No way. 
Mm. Yeah, you know what? This is how I came up. This is what I dealt with. But this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's and this is why what I was doing is evil and wicked and destroying our people. Right. This is um a lot book of people of, don't go there. You guys. This is the this is the book of Acts. The first chapter in the sixth verse, going right back into that restore. Because you correct in what you're saying. It says when they therefore will come together, they asked of him, saying, mean they asked of Christ, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So that restoration is not rest, uh, uh, reparations. The last man that tried was killed, and that last man was Martin Luther King. See, a lot of people, they go like, oh, the march was this and this. Martin Luther King said, look, we're going to march on, one, on Washington and get our money. See, so he had to go. See, all that uh, 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 peaceful protesting and things, when he started to say, look, we're due some money, that's when he had to die. Because we are due money. We are due damages. We are due a payback. But our payback is not going to come through this society or the white man, they're not going to be able to pay us back. Okay, the only way we're going to get payback is through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to we're going to get into some of that as well. So it says our people get caught up into prison houses, therefore pray and none delivered. Now I want to I want to play this uh, this uh, this clip and going in. And showing how the police are picking people and basically putting them in a jail for nothing. Okay? They're framing black people. Just like how the guy talked about how they be picked up and trumped out charges, how those things are going on right now. So let's listen. There's a long-standing belief that in some police departments in this country, there's a conspiracy against young black Americans, and police officers are planting evidence against them to secure convictions. And now we know that for a fact, at least in the Gotham Police Department in Alabama, this is going on. The Alabama Justice Project, this NGO organization, has secured documents spurring from an internal affairs investigation. And it says that since the mid-'90s, Members of the Dalton, Alabama Police Department narcotics investigation have been planting drugs and weapons on young black men. The revelation came when a group of anonymous officers came forward, turning these documents and said, we cannot look the other way. It's really, really sad because there's another twist to this story that makes it even worse. The leadership of this group is suspected of being part of a neo-confederate group, pretty much the KKK without a mask. and. To know that this level of racism is ingrained in a police department, and for decades they have been protected by their superiors, and not only their superiors, but the district attorney, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's despicable, and they have the proof. They secure these documents at an NGO in Canada. What does that mean? They don't even 
even trust them in the U.S. They're being handed over to DOJ as we speak. And you're absolutely right. So this goes back to 1996. John White was the chief of police in Dothan, Alabama at that time. He was receiving numerous complaints that young black men were, were having evidence planted on them to secure felony convictions, namely drugs and weapons. Not only that, he was targeting um, black men with clean records. They wanted to sell those records. And he not only ignored those complaints, but he instructed higher-up officers to do the same. So this goes back a very long time. It involves a lot of people. And as you mentioned, even the district attorney um, at that time, Doug Velasca, is also complicit in these allegations. They're saying he was involved, too. Incredible to see that the police that is supposed to serve and protect is just fighting these young black Americans without no criminal record to frame them and secure conviction. Thousands of people. Now, the only upside to this story is the fact that these documents are going to be available to all of these wrongfully convicted persons so they can use them in their fight to get these convictions removed. Now, what's going to happen to prevent police departments from engaging in this behavior? <laughs> so, so, people completely innocent getting drugs planted on them. Guns planted on them and going to jail. Not a few, not three or two. Thousands. Thousands. So where did this start? This started this started when we came out of slavery. They they made us and portrayed us as a criminal race. But we're not a criminal race. As as the white man said, you know, black people contribute many things, even being under great hardships. They still contributed many things, and he said probably greater than any other race that's on the face of the earth. You're doing a comic bar now, ain't you? So that's a, that's, but it goes right back to now. We got to go back. We got to go back to the book of Isaiah and like, why? Why are these things happening to us? And read um, Isaiah 42 and 23. Because, like, man, these people, they're not doing anything. We're told to, like, okay, don't be criminals. Don't have to look this and this. Then you're going to get caught up by the police and get trumped up charges put on you. And it said they were looking for those that were. That were innocent, that had clean records, so they wanted to, they wanted to, they wanted to get them. Like, wow! It's like, what chance do we have, man? So read, read, um, verse twenty-three, Isaiah forty-two and twenty-three. All right, Isaiah forty-two twenty-three. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? So it's like, who who's gonna hear this? Who's gonna hear our case? Who can we plead to? Who can, can can we go to the FBI? Can can we go to the state police? You know, can we write an appeal to the president? Who's going to hear this? Go ahead. Yeah, you already ain't doing enough for black people anyway. <laughs> president of the whole country is not doing enough for black people. All right. Uh, verse twenty-four. Who gave Jacob for a spoil, and Israel to the robbers? Question. Stop there. Who who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? So Barack Obama. 
<laughs> he guilty Bush. of everything from from the beginning, from Genesis. Why 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 did Eve eat the eat the fruit from the snake? Is Barack Obama's fault? But anyway, enough tongue in cheek. How did this happen? How do we find ourselves in prison houses? You know, the majority of people that's in prison is so-called blacks and Latinos and Native Americans. How did that happen? So read on. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Read on. Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. So stop there. It gives you a clear answer, does it not? Mm-hmm. There's some questions asked. Who gave Jacob for a spoil? Because <clears throat> it seems that that's all we are in this country. We're just being spoiled. Not spoiled in a good way like, oh, you, I just spoil you with ice cream and cake. No. We're spoiled like in rotten. Okay? Like in diseased. Who gave, who gave Jacob for a spoil? Okay? We've been taken, robbed, and spoiled. How did this happen? There are people in these these conditions. How did it happen that, you know, black lives don't matter? How did it happen that see, people say, well, all lives matter, and, you know, black people ain't got nothing really to complain about? How did these things happen? How did these things come about? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his law. So every pastor that's out there saying, well, you don't have to keep the commandments. That's legalism. So what you're saying to a young black man, he can go and be a freaking fornicator. He can go run the train on his neighbor. And you know what? There's no problem. He can still get to heaven. He's not teaching him about, oh, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not be a fornicator. What did you say about it? All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. And you can go right back to doing it again and come back and say, I'm sorry the next day. So now when a woman has a child... When a woman has a child and you're not there in a child's life or you're not giving no kind of support, then that's okay as well. But see, these kind of situations, the land has fallen to whoredom. Our people have fallen to whoredom. Let's, let's make it clear. Let's make it plain. Okay? Our people have fell to whoredom as a people. That's not everybody, but the majority, that's what it is. You know, it's not like it used to be where if if a young girl got pregnant out of wedlock, that was a that was that was that was a horrible thing. That was a horrible situation that helped in our, uh, that happened in our community. Either it was a shotgun wedding, or guess what? That that girl would disappear, go to the grandparents or the aunt or whatever, because it, it it looked bad. Now these things we celebrate it. Mm-hmm. We celebrate it, which is against the commandments of the heavenly Father. What's honorable in all marriage? We're supposed to be married. We're supposed to get married. It's not something that's happening on a, on a regular occurrence in our community. What's happening on a regular occurrence is our people being whores and whoremongers, and that's being celebrated, and it needs to stop. So these things are going to continue to happen to us because we break the commandments of the Heavenly Father. It's simple and plain. So read on in Isaiah. There's more more that the Lord speaks about in Isaiah. And, and just to add to that point before I read on, uh-huh. don't you think it's ironic that a lot of the, a lot of the things that are celebrated, especially amongst our own people, that it's in direct contrast to the whole reason of why it is that we went into slavery. When mm-hmm. I say direct contrast, it says we went into, we basically got into these conditions 
because we were not obedient to the Heavenly Father. So when you look at a lot of the things that's marketed to our people, okay, and just in general, in the world in, in, in general, okay, but I'm, I'm keeping the scope of this discussion to just to our people, okay. You look at what's marketed to our people. You look at what's celebrated amongst our people. That's going to keep perpetuating the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Mm. But that's what we embrace. That's what we want. And then we want to turn around and be like, well, you're not dealing fair. Well, you, we're entitled to this. They weren't the ones. The most High used them to take it from us. They weren't the ones that took it. Mm. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let, let's read on. Verse 25, therefore hath he poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burned him, yet he laid it not to heart. So the things that we're saying is so far removed from people's thinking or what's in their, what's in their mind on a daily basis, okay? They're not laying these things to heart that... They can't put two and two together and get that this is a punishment from God, okay, and that we're God's people, and this is the reason why these things are happening. They they can't they can't they can't get it. It says it have set him on fire round about, yet he knew not. Okay, they don't know that this is a punishment from the Most High. It said it burned him, yet he laid it not to heart. It's like all these things going on amongst our people, such the, the the greatest slavery, the most atrocious things has happened to any people that has ever walked on the earth. And you're like, well, God will sleep that day. Hmm. He was off on a vacation. He was off on a vacation on Orion somewhere in the Star Wars universe. That's what happened. He, he missed that. He didn't pick up it. Jesus didn't give him his messages. Hmm? What do you mean? Don't you think God's going to be involved? God is involved in everything that goes on this earth. God knows what the devil is doing. He knows what the angel is doing. And there's a plan. See, people don't think there's a, well, how would God let this happen to me, blah, blah, blah. There's a plan. There's a plan for us. And what we're supposed to do. And we're going to get into that. But I want you to go to the book of Amos. And I want to play some more of these clips, man. These clips is 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 off the chain. Let's go to the book of Amos. Amos 3, verse 1. All right. Amos 3 and 1. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. So we're being punished. We're being punished by the Most High for all our iniquities. You look at that Bill Cosby and you may say, well, Bill Cosby deserves a fair trial. He deserves his day, his day in court. No, Bill Cosby, he's being punished for all his iniquities, okay? He's had extramarital affairs and sex and all these things. 
Those things are sins that he shouldn't have done. Okay, you look at our people. You know, they caught up in in in, in the ghetto and the slums and different things. Well, look, they should give us better conditions. Things. What are you doing in the what? What you have? You know, fighting and and um um different fights and you know, world star. Our people fighting one another out on the street, showing all their bits. Um, our people killing one another. You know, that's why they got the term. Chirac is like you're safer in Iraq than you are in Chicago. So our people are being punished for all their iniquities. We have to come back to the Heavenly Father and Christ is going to be the only. We're, we're in prison on a wholesale uh, 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 amount is because we don't want to keep the Most High's commandments. We want to keep something else. We want to keep Christmas. We want to keep Easter. These are the ways of the other nations. The Most High didn't give us those things. So as long as we stay attached to this way, to this way of thinking, this way of life, this way of living, we're going to continue to be punished until we are destroyed. Now, I want to play um, um, some more clips. Is showing how that thinking about like black people or criminals just from being black, okay, is not a coincidence, okay, and that 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 train of thought persists today. You see a black man or a black child; he's not a child. He's a gorilla. He's armed. He's dangerous. Okay, so this is a clip. Set it up for you, and when they're talking about um, Tamar Rice, Tamar Rice is, is the young boy. He's not a young man; he's a boy. He's twelve years old. He had a toy gun playing around, and they rolled on him. And in less than a second, they shot him and killed him. So let's l- listen to um, what they say uh, of how it was his own fault that he died. Police Department is now responding to a wrongful death lawsuit by blaming a 12-year-old boy for his own death. Tamir Rice was playing with a pellet gun. You may remember this back in November. This is surveillance video of it. He was then shot and killed by a police officer after a 911 call from someone else in the park. The officer thought it was a real gun, not a toy gun. Well, Tamir Rice's family is suing the police department. The police department has now responded, and they issued a statement that reads in part, that Rice's death was, quote, directly and proximately caused by the failure of the plaintiff's decent to exercise due care to avoid injury. It goes on to say that the family's injuries and losses were really, quote, caused by their own acts. Now, we've reached out to the Cleveland Police Department. They told us today they have no comment. Let me bring in our panel to discuss the political commentators, Ben Ferguson and Mark Lamont Hill, back with me. We talked about this this when this tragedy occurred. And Ben, I want your take first. The police department also, some background here, was part of a two-year investigation by the Department of Justice that found that it had at times used unreasonable force in the past. And now you've got this, which the victim's attorney calls victim blaming. Do you think that this is a pattern, part of a pattern, or do you think that this was a tragic mistake and the police department is correct in this response? I think it was a tragic uh, mistake by the young boy to not drop the gun. Obviously, people felt threatened by him. They called the police over it. The police show up. And, and look, you, just because someone's 12 years old doesn't mean that they can't do harm. If you remember, the Jonesboro school shooting was caused by a 
bunch of young people, some younger than 12, that pulled a fire alarm and started shooting their own classmates and they were running out including teachers. So 12-year-olds are capable of committing crimes and they can kill people if they have a gun. And it's sad, it's unfortunate, but this gun did not have an orange tip on it. You have to assume that it's real. Uh, and these police officers have a right to protect themselves because they can and police in the past in this country have been shot by 12-year-olds. So Mark- wait, 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 wait. Like I, I have to stop it there. And the reason I have to stop there is, okay, so why isn't it when white people go to the theater or they go to school, why isn't it like, you know, martial law out there for them? Okay, when they had when they had the uh, um, Compton movie, Straight Outta Compton, then it was all like police presidents and too many black people out here. But black people don't shoot up, don't generally shoot up the movie theaters. Who's been shooting up the movie theaters and killing up everybody in there? Okay, black people don't shoot up the schools. <laughs> Who shoot up the schools? I'm, I'm just saying. But we're the ones that they're pointing at. You're the criminals of all crim. You're the kingpin of criminals. You're the king of criminals. And there's a reason for that, and that's what we read them from the Bible because it's a curse from the Most High for us to wake up that we're different. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that we have to make changes in our lives. That we have to come back to the most side. That's going to be our only protection. So let's 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 continue to um, listen to this clip. What this guy's saying? But oh well, well, twelve year olds shoot up. Yeah, white twelve year olds. It's interesting. The DOJ's investigation said that this police force, in particular, was um, found to have used unnecessary and unreasonable force at a significant rate. Should that be a factor here in looking at this case? Yeah. Absolutely. If a police force is known for uh, beating people for shooting people, for killing people uh, without proper cause, then absolutely that should be a factor to weigh in here. Uh, when the police gave their uh, account of what happened, they didn't know that there was a videotape. And what they described was different than what actually happened. That should also be a factor. There's also a study, Ben talked about this kid being 12 years old. The police didn't think he was 12 years old. Let's remember that. They thought he was much older than he was. They thought he was closer to 20 or 21 than 12 years old. And that's, that speaks to a, that speaks to a bigger problem. There was a study that came out uh, in 2014 uh, by Dr. Philip Atiba-Goff uh, which talks about this, that, that officers tend to see black suspects as older and more guilty than they are. So a 12-year-old boy looks like a 21-year-old man. Uh, someone who's holding a gun suddenly looks like he's, he's going on a shooting spree. These are factors that may say the officers didn't have bad intentions per se, but that with, with, with their expectation of black bodies is in public space is different than their expectation of white bodies. And as a consequence of that, black people get killed for being young, black, and outside. That itself is a fundamental problem, not just with, the, with that police department, but with I our have, national police department. He wasn't was killed because he was young. He wasn't killed because he was young, black, and outside. He was shot because he was carrying a gun that they obviously wanted to make it look like it was a real firearm. I, That's why there was no orange tip on that gun. I, 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 I want to bring that up exactly. That very quickly. No, you both first, you Ben, then you Mark. Should guns that look so real that are fake should those be made and sold? Look, I think the gun, sh- uh, we have rules on there where they're supposed to have an orange tip. The reality is it was uh, kids, m- kids many times paint over them, spray paint them, and take them off to make that gun look real because they want it to look real on the streets, and that's unfortunate. So, look, if you want to have more orange on there, that's one thing, but ultimately okay. people, if they want to do these things, are going to do it. you got to get marked very quickly. In. <laughs> Black people get killed with orange tips. They get killed having keys. They get killed having Skittles. They get kids killed having Arizona iced tea. They get killed with their hands up. To pretend that the difference between an orange tip and no orange tip is the difference between him living and dying is unfair. White kids have toy guns all the time, and they often don't get killed. Police stop them. They just 
and then they take other measures. What I'm saying is not that the police officers came out and said, we're going to kill a black guy today, but again, this, the sight of black bodies inspires a different response than that of white bodies in the country. There are studies to prove that, been as yet to disprove these empirical studies, and as such, I'm saying that's a fundamental problem that we all have to deal with. So, was Tamir Rice uh, responsible for his own death? Uh-uh-uh. Was he responsible well, for his death? You know what? There, there's a scripture that goes into talking about the issues. The issues from death belong to the Most High. And at mm. the end of the day, whether or not his life was going to be taken, whether they would had they shot at him and it was just going to be a graze or whatever, at the end of the day, the Heavenly Father had the final judgment on whether or not that young man was going to live or die, regardless of what the police officer's intentions were at that time. But um, it's, it's really it's not a matter of question. It shouldn't be whether he was responsible for his own death because the, 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 the root of the whole issue is what we're dealing with on this show mm. and what we deal with on every show mm. is that the reason that our people are in these conditions is because we sinned against the Heavenly Father. We didn't sin against the white man. We didn't sin against the earth. Okay. We sinned against the Heavenly Father. And all of these things that we're seeing, okay, the Tamir Rices, the Oscar Grants, all of these things that we're seeing are, are symptoms of the greater issue. And the greater that issue is sin. And the cure is repentance. And people are like, well, how did... How's me not not sticking my thing in in, a, in five different women going going to help me get a job? Because that's how our people think. When when we read the scripture earlier in Isaiah about he layeth it not to heart, meaning our people, like you said, our people don't make the connection between serving the heavenly Father for the joy of all things and the Creator of God Almighty of the universe having the power to make the make our situation better. Not only because we're serving Him, but because Number one, and this is this is uh, irrelevant, you know, to you know some of the things that we're dealing with. But number one, I'm not out there breaking the law, because we dealt with situations earlier where you know people were out there minding their own business, you know, clean record, so-called upstanding citizen, and still got jammed up. But the whole thing is, is that um, I got to find the scripture. And goodbye. Well, you can go over something here real quick. But it's one of those things <laughs> where it says. Uh, I'm going to find it. I know exactly where it is. I'm going to give it a second. But the point of the matter is is that, like I said, we're looking at symptoms of the greater issue. You know, someone um, um, mentioned a very good um, question in the chat room. It says, we are commanded to return unto the Most High. Malachi 2.16 3 verse 4, yet yet with the multitude of diverse imputations, um, interpretations, administrations, and denomination amongst us. How shall we return? You know that is that is a very good, um, a very good um, um, question. How are we going to return? Well, the scriptures is very clear. Christ is very clear. It's often, it's all, it's often um, diluted and made delusional by men but what christ is saying and you get me this, um okay i got the it. scripture 
I, I got the scripture I was looking for, uh, Godiwa. Okay, you go ahead. Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 11. It says, The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily will I cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. So it's one of those things that when you look at the big picture, the whole thing at, at one point in history, it was illegal for us to even be able to read. And people don't understand the irony of they brought us over here in slavery and shoved the book that we were supposed to be following down our throats. Well, see, we were different peoples when they was brought over from Africa. and That's the white man's book. No, that was the Lord <laughs> keeping that book close to us so that when it was no longer uh, illegal for us to learn how to read and these things were shoved down our throat, that this word would be close enough to us. So that in the course of time, when he started to wake his people up to repentance, I ain't say wake wake his people up to the knowledge that we're Israel. He started waking our people up to repentance through Jesus Christ as it is written, that we would have it, regardless of whether we were in the U.S., in the Middle East, in China, in Russia, wherever throughout the diaspora we were scattered, that this word would be close to us. And he said that he would cause the enemy to entreat us well, in the time of evil and a time of affliction, meaning that when we start coming back and repenting, the most high God is going to put the spirit on our so-called enemy to entreat us well in a time of evil. The most high God is going to put the spirit on our so-called enemies to entreat us well in a time of affliction. Let's get, let's get it straight, because he was the one that gave him the power to bring the evil and affliction on us in the first place. Okay. So Once you get the scripture, how how are we gonna how are we gonna come back? That's the that's the question. I want you to go to Second uh, Chronicles seven and fourteen because this this is the point. You know, I have some other clips that I wanted to play, but you know, we're coming up to the last few minutes of the show, and this is a point that I want to get back. How are we gonna come back as a people? This and this and that. You know, the, the mission for us now is for us to return to Christ. Christ is going to be the one that unifies us, okay? You know, some people, they think, okay, we're going to come together as a whole, as one nation. No, that's not going to happen because we're dispersed everywhere. So there's not going to be this great gathering of Israel in one spot, in one place. That's not going to happen until until the Messiah returns and he gathers us from the countries and the places where we've been scattered, and he's going to make us back into a physical nation. So what's the mission now? Okay, get that in um, Second Chronicles 7.14 and read that. All right, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Okay. So it's what? What do we have to do? <clears throat> Humble <repent>. ourselves <laughs> and pray. Yeah, that is repent. And he says, and seek my face. It's like, okay, there's a lot of denominations where they're seeking the pastor's face and what the pastor wants and what the pastor, but they're not going according to what the scriptures are saying. Read on. All right, verse 15. It says, Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attent 
unto the prayer that is made in this place. Mm-hmm. But now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and mine eye, mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Mm-hmm. Nah, that was pretty much it. So we have to return by doing what? Go to go to Matthews four and seventeen. Alright. Matthew four seventeen. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is a point. Repent. Repent. This is the first thing that Jesus Christ began to preach and to say. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So many people have no no knowledge what repentance means. Okay? Many people have no knowledge of what they need to repent of. You know, they're going along. That's why the scripture said it plainly, you know, they don't even consider, even though the fire is burning them, burnt them. They're like, they don't even consider what is really wrong. Well, it's a white man's fault. He brought us to captivity slavery. We're still feeling the effects of it. Okay, yeah, but how do we get there? Who sanctioned? Who who authorized this? Was not uh-huh. it the Lord? That's what he said. Who, who gave Jacob for a spoil? Who gave Israel to the rivals? Not, wasn't it the Lord? So if the Lord did it, why did he do it? Because our people have sinned. We've turned away from the Heavenly Father. And we don't want to turn back to the moment. We want, our, we, want, we want the creature comforts of this world. We want to be able to be fornicators like everybody else. We want to be able to worship gods like everybody else. And then we want to, we want to have the same rights to do wickedness like everybody else. But the point, the only way we're going to get out of this is to be perfect. As the Heavenly Father, which is perfect. And who's going to show us how to do that is Jesus Christ. So that means we can't be drunks, okay? If you follow the scripture, you're not going to be a drunk. If you follow Jesus Christ, you're not going to be a fornicator or adulterer. Because he said not to commit adultery, okay? It, it, it goes right but to, back to the real statement where he says, Be ye perfect even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. So you can't be going out to the club, shooting up the club. You can't be going out there and smoking spliff and smoking drugs. You can't be on the internet looking at big booty woman, shake, shake, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, and baking it. You can't do any of that. Your sole mission in life should be to repent and seek the kingdom of heaven. Seek the kingdom of God first and all these things shall be added unto you that should be your mission and you making preparations for the return of Jesus Christ that's going to be the unified factors because we're all different parts of the body of Christ so repentance pardon the pun is the key okay repentance through Jesus Christ that's what's going to keep us safe. That's what's going to unify us. That's what's going to bring us together. We have to repent and live a godly life and follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Walk as he walked. That's what we have to do. So giving all praises to 
the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we've come to the end of our show. You got anything that you want to bring out? Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. I think good we got way. an old friend in, in in the chat room, but anyway. Um, We'd like to thank everyone that tuned in, everyone that listened to the show. And with that, we say shalom. Good health insurance doesn't have to be expensive. At AmBetter from Peach State Health Plan, our plans are better for your budget. We provide complete care at a much lower cost. And you may qualify for financial assistance to help pay for your coverage. Sign up for the most affordable care today. Call 1-844-292-4328. That's 1-844-292-4328. This is a solicitation for insurance.